and I don't know if this is something because this is how I was raised, this is how my mom you know, taught us, but I've never allowed someone's answer or, or response of no to stop me. And I think business owners need to really get that mentality down. Don't, don't allow no, or I don't know, to stop you. Welcome to Jefferson Parish Pulse, powered by JEDCO, a podcast designed to showcase the businesses, organizations, and individuals that make up the heartbeat of the Jefferson Parish economy. I'm Kelsey Scram. 15% of children between the ages of 6 and 19 have measurable hearing loss in at least one ear. I saw this statistic in my research for this week's show on the High Level Speech and Hearing Center website. And in my conversation with Dr. Lana Joseph Ford today, I learned that it's not always easy for children to access the kind of care that can help with early detection and treatment. It is one of the many reasons why Dr. Joseph Ford became a speech and hearing specialist and opened her own business. It was a true privilege to interview Dr. Lana Joseph Ford, founder of High Level Speech and Hearing Center for the show. She is a dynamic mission-focused leader in the healthcare industry. In just four short years, she has opened two clinic locations in the greater New Orleans area, served over 25,000 patients, and has won numerous awards and recognitions, including 2018 Business Person of the Year by Biz New Orleans and Gambit's 40 Under 40 Award. We also want to share that High Level Speech and Hearing Center won JEDCO's Small Business of the Year Award in 2019. On this episode, Dr. J and I talk about building her business from the ground up, the value of the entrepreneurial ecosystem in the region, and her vision for the future of High Level Speech and Hearing Center. We dive into the pieces of her life that led her to become a doctor and the values that have helped shape her as an entrepreneur. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Dr. Lana Joseph Ford, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kelsey. I'm, I'm really excited about this opportunity to speak with you and all of our listeners out there about High Level Speech and Hearing Center. I am so excited to, to talk to you about all of this. It's going to be a really good show. I can already feel it. But first and foremost, one of the things that I've been doing uh, just over the last couple of months uh, mm -hmm. since the pandemic started is I always ask this question right off the bat. How are you doing? How, how are your friends and family doing? How, how have you been during all of this? It's been a, a really tough time. It has. And first of all, I'll say thank you so much for asking that question. A lot of times I think we forget because we get so caught up in the, the everyday and just trying to make it um, type of mentality, which we've been taught since we were younger. In the midst of adversity, you rise, you know. Um, when things get tough, the tough gets going. So, you know, we've all been taught those different ideologies, if you will. So we we just continue to go and we forget to ask that question. Um, but for me and my company, we're doing okay. <laughs> uh, personally and professionally, I would say we're doing okay. There have been a lot of different changes that we've had to implement to the company in order to stay afloat, but we've been afloat. So we just kept going. 
That's, that's good to hear. I'm so glad to hear that you're doing well, um, that your company is, you. is doing as well as can be expected, I think, is, is one of the things that we should say. And we'll get into that mm -hmm. a little bit um, further down in these questions. But I, I just always like to do kind of a pulse check, if you will, to see mm -hmm. how people are doing. So yeah. glad to hear you're doing well. And I've got a ton of questions, so I'm just going to dive right in here. And let's okay. talk about High Level Speech and Hearing Center. Just tell us a little bit about this amazing company. Thank you so much. Um, High Level Speech and Hearing Center is a speech and hearing center that I founded in 2016. Um, I, I'll never forget, I actually, you guys were my first JEDCO, was my first uh, funders, my first investors. And, you know, I, I just didn't know for sure if it was something that I should go for or if I should just, you know, maybe reconsider the whole idea of going into private practice. But uh, after meeting with JEDCO and it was Alberto Carell, um, who I actually met with and was able to, I mean, he was shocked about my business plan. He was impressed, very impressed. And right away, Jetco, again, was uh, one of my first investors for my company, and I'm so appreciative. But um, High Level Speech and Hearing Center, um, since 2016, we've really been growing and going. <laughs> um, we provided, I want to say, about 25,000 speech and hearing screenings across Louisiana now. And our goal is just to increase access to speech and hearing services. You know, the more and more I get into this stuff, I realize how um, not, I don't want to say scarce, but because there are professionals who are out there who provide the services, but how limited access to these services is. And it really concerns me, um, you know, and it's just not one thing that's just that way here in new orleans but it's all over the place it's that way you're you know we we're starting to get into atlanta which is another city very similar to new orleans that has a great community of people and we're finding even there that there is this limited access to speech and hearing services so it's it's an ongoing issue and i'm really excited to say that high level speech and hearing center is truly making a difference I love to hear that. And I, I, I have a question about that, which is in terms of access, is it just that there, that there aren't enough of these facilities that are available or is it that people can't get there because of mm -hmm. you know, transit? I mean, what, what are you seeing that has been the challenge for, for some of, I would say, probably these marginalized communities? Mm -hmm. So first of all, I think the first issue was that there weren't enough providers out there in the community Usually, I think parents and um, providers depend on the school system to satisfy this need. But now, you know, 2020 rolls in mm -hmm. and you have all of these virtual options and people weren't prepared for COVID to happen. They weren't prepared for virtual things um, or virtual conference calls, appointments, you name it is virtual. We got it all now. Right. <laughs> but we weren't prepared for that early in March. So when the schools closed, there were many, many kids who would typically receive service in person that were not able to get access to these services. So I think um, in, in the providers who were working in the school system that the parents were depending on to provide the care, they weren't prepared for this at all. And so they weren't providing anything. So now you've got all of these children who are not receiving all of this, um, these services. So that's an issue right there, right? Um, but then provider wise, you're talking about, I think in my graduating class, we only had 10 audiologists, nine out of the 10 actually graduated. One girl dropped out the program. And in the speech language pathology program, there were 25, 25 SLPs. So in our graduating class. 
So, I mean, that's not that many people, especially when you're talking about uh, a demographic that we serve. We serve the underserved. We serve the underserved because I was the underserved. And that's where my heart is. And there are far, far, far more underserved children, especially, who are not receiving access to these services because there just aren't enough providers around. Then, so, you know, we have our company now and we're trying to meet that need. But then to another layer of that is that, okay, yes, now we can we can offer services. We've got enough providers to do the job. We've implemented the virtual appointments. Now we can do that. Now you've got concerns of parents. Most parents that work, that have underserved, or that are considered in the underserved population of people, they work nine to five. Mm -hmm. So they're not able to bring their kid to an office that's open from nine to five. (laughs) Then when you're talking about inner city youth, you're talking about transportation, right? And we all know New Orleans is not the greatest when it comes to public transportation. Let's just put it out there, it's the truth. Um, because we don't have MARTA or subway systems. We don't have trains or other transits like that. We don't have, we only have the RTA, the bus, and, and, you know, bus schedules can be confusing sometimes. They can be difficult. So, yes, transportation becomes an issue, um, especially, you know, when we have a lot of patients that come from uh, New Orleans East to our office uptown and then from the West Bank to our office in Harahan. And so it, it, transportation does become an issue, particularly for parents of the underserved. So it's, it's just several different layers that we see every single day. And we're constantly trying to find a way to fill in the gap and to help. And I'll be honest with you too, Kelsey, I think having those virtual appointments now and being able to provide these services virtually has definitely addressed that issue of transportation. Now everyone has access. That's wonderful. And that's something, you know, you don't want to say that the pandemic Mm -hmm. was a good thing. Certainly the pandemic Mm -hmm. is just incredibly tragic and, and heartbreaking for many families and challenging for businesses. But there are sometimes these silver linings and, and things that come out of this uh, of challenge and, and and heartbreak um, that kind of change the way that we look at the future. And so having these more virtual um, opportunities for access is, is really wonderful. And I'm so glad that you and your team are able to offer that. Absolutely. And thank you so much for saying that. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, it's, it's really hard to say that, you know, oh, COVID was great because it led to a better way of healthcare, offering healthcare. But again, back to those old adages, right? When, when things get tough, the tough gets going. And I think that's just what we did. We found a way to be flexible and adapt to change, which is very essential if you plan to have a successful business helping people. And we adapted. We just adapted. It's an adapt or die type of thing. And I'll never forget when I first heard that, I thought that was like a really uh, uh, coarse type of thing to say. Get it now. It really is adapt or die. You either adapt to the issues, the changes. Um, If your company is flexible enough to adapt, you're going to survive. If it's not, then it might not make it. And I've seen a lot of companies go under, honestly, these past uh, four or five months. I've seen a lot of companies go under. You're so right. It is definitely a challenge and Mm -hmm. flexibility and adaptability for sure are so important. And I think that is one of those things. We we work with a lot of entrepreneurs at Jedco, Mm -hmm. and we see that those that are able to sort of pivot or be adaptable or kind of change their strategies are the ones that that do 
yeah. survive challenges and not just something like a pandemic, but even those tiny challenges that yes. rise up just from owning a business. Absolutely. Like one of the challenges that I faced in the past has been like with employee turnover, especially with having a new business. We didn't, we didn't have like, and still we're, look, we're still working on it. Let me make that very clear. <laughs> we're still working on these things, but we didn't have systems in place to deal with any HR issues or employee uh, retention issues that we were having. So um, we had to adapt. And one of those things was making sure that uh, we do take time to build the system that we needed in order to do so. And I think when companies do take the time, of course, upfront, it's a lot of time to invest upfront. Um, it can be um, aggravating because it does require you to think and to strategize and to build a team. But uh, doing so does lead to being able to adapt and succeed. That is, that is spot on for sure. And I know I'm getting out of order with all of these questions here. So I want to dive back in a little bit more about high level speech and hearing and just understanding, sure. you know, how you guys work. Um, my mom is actually a speech pathologist or she was before she retired. So I oh. love, I love <laughs> to talk to you about this. That's awesome. Right? But do you, do you mostly work with children? Is it adults? I saw you have a, a section for musicians. So you kind of do a lot of different things, right? Yes. Yes, we do. We work with children. Um, children would be, I would say about 90% of the population that we service are kids. I think the reason for that is because it's like, first of all, it's a requirement in the school system. Um, second of all, it seems like uh, parents tend to, um, they tend to care more about the kids than themselves. But we do service a few adults as well. And yes, the adults will come in and we provide um, hearing services to them. How many employees do you have currently? So um, right now, I would say we have about 22 employees. Okay. Um, prior to COVID, we had about 32, but we ended up having to cut back as many companies did because the schools closed. And the majority of the services, 80% of the services we provide are within the school system. Wow. Again, just like I had mentioned before, it's because um, in the school system is where uh, it's a requirement in the school system. So that's where you see more professionals that put a priority or a need. They, they see the essentialness of the need in order to make sure that those kids are getting those services. But I think primarily it's because of the requirement by the state. Um, and you have two locations right now, mm -hmm. right? One in Harahan and one in Uptown New Orleans. Yes, yes, we have two locations. Um, and you got that right. You're right on point, Harahan and Uptown New Orleans. Our Uptown New Orleans location, it's not far from Ashburn Baptist, actually. It's walking distance from there. And our Harahan office is right across the street from the new racetrack that they built right off of Jefferson Highway. So we, we definitely love when our folks come in from the racetrack. And we love, enjoy going over to the racetrack to get those hot dogs. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm vegetarian now, so I don't eat them. I've, I've graduated. But, we, but you know, shout out to Racetrack. There's some good hot dogs at Racetrack. <laughs> I love that. And that Racetrack is so nice. I drove past mm -hmm. it the other day, and I was like, oh, that's, that's right. a nice Racetrack. <laughs> I love that. That's so awesome. Um, I love that you're supporting the local businesses. That's um, right. That's right. <laughs> but I, I want to talk a little bit about you and and how you kind of got into this business because mm -hmm. I read on your website that you actually suffered with hearing disabilities as a child. Right. So can you talk about how that kind of 
shaped your desire to launch this kind of business? Absolutely. So yes, I am one of those kids, as I mentioned before, I am one of those kids that were in with, was in that underserved population of kids. And I had a speech disorder for uh, about, about eight years before I actually received services. And the crazy thing about it, and there's one, one piece of it is the fact that it took eight years for my mom to actually get the attention of the school to, uh, to get them to give me services. But the other part of it is I was only in services and enrolled in speech therapy for three months. Wow. And that was it. And only, it took only three months of therapy before I was completely rid of my speech disorder. I mean, completely rid of it. Wow. So imagine how many other kids are currently, you know, waiting those eight years. And, and for me, it was, look, it wasn't an easy eight years as an adolescent. It was eight years of being bullied, eight years of being teased, eight years of having low self-esteem. But I mean, you know, for three months. <laughs> Imagine what ha would have been the result if I had received services three months, you know, or like within that one year that I was actually diagnosed with that disorder. Mm -hmm. wow. I would have I wouldn't have had to endure the teasing, being the name calling because I couldn't pronounce my S's. Right. Like that's that's those are real things that kids actually face. And it really hits home when I see videos, you know, social media and um, Facebook and all of that stuff. Those YouTube, all that stuff wasn't really out there when I was younger, but it really hurts my heart when I see these bullying videos or the videos of the kids who committed suicide. Kids who committed suicide because of being bullied. So um, I really, I'm really glad that at least High Level Speech and Hearing Center can work towards changing that. Yeah, um, that's just one more thing that we can do to prevent. And I, I, I mean that's. That's ridiculous that kids have to endure that. So we're the solution. We're the answer to that problem here in Jefferson Parish, as well as in New Orleans. That is just wonderful and such a compelling story. When you graduated from college with this degree, did you mm -hmm. immediately open up your own business or and what was kind of the, the vision for that? Were you just like, I'm going to have my own business one day. I'm doing this. That's exactly how it was for me. I, I had always dreamed of having my own business. I had always dreamed of being a doctor. In fact, in middle school and high school, I was a part of my sign language ministry at my local church. So I learned how to interpret sign language early on, and I was already committed to working with hearing impaired people. And so um, I went ahead, I graduated from, from Nickel State University. And then right after my time at Nichols, I went in to get my master's um, at the University of New Orleans. And so my master's was in healthcare management and healthcare administration so that I could learn how to run a practice. Now, needless to say, there is no book <laughs> that will teach you how to run your own business. I've looked at how to run my own business and I put it in Google and <laughs> there is not one book that comes up that says it. You, that you can read a book that says business for dummies. You can read a book that your business instructor might have given you, but it will not tell you how to run your business. That's something that you and only you can learn. And I'm grateful for different uh, programs here in New Orleans and in Jefferson Parish, such as Propeller and um, Goldman Sachs program and you know other programs out there. I think Capital One has a program as well um, that teach you how to learn you first and learn who you are and what kind of business you want and where you see yourself first, and then go into 
learning, you know, okay, well now I have this picture, this vision. Now I can take this vision and make this something, make this my own business. So I, I did all of that. Everything I mentioned to you, I did Goldman Sachs. I did three different accelerator programs, startup programs and uh, propeller. So did all of these different things so that I could learn and could be confident when it was time. And finally, I think my last step was I graduated from Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, graduated from there um, and did like a one-year residency in Atlanta at a private practice. This lady had me running like crazy and I was so upset at her. But I will tell you, <laughs> I will tell you for the first year of my business, every single day I said, that's why she made me do this. That's why she had me working 10 hours. That's why she had me filling out this paperwork. That's why she wanted to make sure that I turned everything in at 12 o'clock on Friday. That's why we had all of those meetings. That's why I had to get to the office at eight o'clock in the morning as opposed to nine or 8.30 when the first patient got there. So um, I've had a lot of training in my time, but the, the majority of, you know, I've had a lot of education. I want to say like 10 years of education, but the most uh, critical training that I've had has been working in a private practice. And I mean, I, I think I was well prepared. The only thing I didn't have experience doing at the time was working with uh, pediatrics. And so I spent three or five, three to five months, I can't even remember, three to five months working at Children's Hospital. And I mean, I got all of the pediatric experience that I could possibly get. And um, I loved my time at Children's Hospital. And shortly after, that's when I decided to go ahead and um, take the take the dive, take the plunge, and start my own business. And I'm so glad that I did. Best decision ever. That, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> you're an absolute and total rock star. I don't know if you hear that <laughs> very so often, but oh my goodness, what a what a story! Thank I, you so I much. Just love it so much. I want to say, and you know, this is something you know. You started your business in 2016, you had many, many years of, of training and education and spending time really engaging with mm -hmm. all these educators, but also the entrepreneurial community. And now you are really a recognized member of this entrepreneurial ecosystem mm -hmm. in greater New Orleans. Um, mm -hmm. And you kind of touched on this a little bit already, but can, can you talk about the startup culture in our region and and how much it supports business owners like yourself and why you feel it is so important for you to engage now. Absolutely. The startup culture in our region, that's Jefferson Parish, um, New Orleans, and all of the surrounding areas, I think is extremely warm, welcoming, and the, just the economic development centers in general. I'm, every time I would go to JEDCO, I mean, I remember from start, I was in Atlanta talking to Alberto Correll on the phone every single day. Like, you know, I'm trying to finish school and he knew that and so did I. And we were still able to have these really good professional conversations about how I can start high level speech and hearing center. Um, also Propeller, I, I remember I was in Atlanta participating in a startup program at, at, through Propeller. Now I, I had to come down to New Orleans in order to do it. I guess if it were these times, like we're in now, I could have done it virtually, right? But it was so worth it, everything about it. Um, I think I did programs through Propeller from 2014 all the way to 2017. Wow. So even having been able to achieve some of the goals that I had in mind for my business, I was still continuing to participate in these programs. And just last year, I did the Goldman Sachs program. 
So, you know, and talk about warm and welcoming people, all of these wonderful programs, JEDCO, Propeller, Goldman Sachs, have been extremely essential to my development and growth as a small business owner and as a startup. So there are opportunities out there. I hear people say all the time, oh, there aren't enough. But I also see little emails come through all the time from like places, organizations like Propeller that are begging people to please send this out. Do you know someone who's starting a business? You know, so, so I think the community is there. I think the opportunity is there. I think they're reaching out to let people know they're there. Um, I don't know what more we can do, but also with me being able to have different types of media, um, whenever I have these conversations or if I'm accepting an award, I know we got business of the year for 2019. When I accepted that award, I made it a point to acknowledge Jetco and Propeller and Goldman Sachs so that people could hear about these organizations providing these resources to startups. So I think it's healthy. I think it should continue to grow. I'm looking forward to continuing to grow. Um, I've seen uh, a lot of, uh, and I know with us branching out to Atlanta, I've seen a lot of uh, organizations similar to like Propeller that would have a house for startups or an incubator for startups. I do think um, as we continue to develop and continue to adjust to this new technology, this new virtual life, right? Virtual way of life, I think we'll see more startups starting to have uh, more uh, impact in the community than they already have. But they're, they're, they're there, the programs are there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love, I love that you mentioned Jedco, and not just because you're on our show today, <laughs> but you know, um, Alberto Corral, he was our, our former director of finance, just for our listeners out there. Now it's Jennifer Laparus. Um, mm -hmm. and our she's finance, yeah, she's mm -hmm. fantastic. Mm -hmm. Our finance team, you know, I'm so proud that I get to share their stories and I've done a lot of, of podcast interviews with business owners who have received financing over the years from Jedco. Right. And it's always so wonderful to see how complimentary business owners like yourself are of that, of, of that program, because mm -hmm. it really is, it's kind of that unsung hero in our organization that, you know, we've been trying to push that message out more that we do have financing. Exactly. Um, I think a lot of people didn't know. I don't think they do. Mm -hmm. I honestly don't think people realize that there is that financing available. Um, and um, you guys are trying to push that message out. And please, by any means, if there's any way that I can assist with getting that message out further, um, please, please, by all means, reach out to me. In fact, um, I, I currently host a um, news segment uh, called Healthy Habits with Dr. J on WWL Channel 4 News, Great Day, Louisiana. That's and awesome. um, with that segment, I was speaking with my husband, Jamal, and I was like, hey, you know, we need to utilize this platform to really reach out to small businesses in healthcare. Um, if it's a healthcare business, if it's a finance business, whatever kind of healthy habit they want to share, to use that platform to really get them on there so they can share this information. But, but do you know, again, and, and this is interesting that we're talking about it and uh, it's making me think now, that the resources are out there. When we reach out asking small businesses to come on the show, it's just the, like what the how the response is with Jetco, with Propeller, with Goldman Sachs. You're not getting that many people to respond back. I don't understand what it is. But then those same people will turn around and say there aren't enough resources. <laughs> yes, there are resources out there, but you guys aren't taking the time to really, I don't know if it's an application issue. I, I don't know, but I will tell you if anything comes across my desk, 
I'm definitely signing up. <laughs> I love that. And I, you know, one of the things that I think is just so great, and I did not realize mm -hmm. this, and I should have realized this, I didn't realize that you had a segment on WWL, and I mm -hmm. love how much you have, you built this business, you've grown it over the years, and you have put yourself at the forefront of, yes. of you know, healthcare uh, entrepreneurship. I mean, it, yes, it, it exactly. just, it's wonderful. Thank you so much. And, but there's still so much work that needs to be done. There's still so much work that needs to be done. And uh, again, back to your question about the, the startup culture in our area, in our region. There, I, I think the business owners need to also take some type of responsibility um, for uh, going out and getting what they want and asking questions. People use the excuse all the time oh, I'm afraid to ask or, oh, no one's helping me. I remember I did like an Instagram live because that's just where we are right now, right? We do everything online. So <laughs> right. I did an Instagram live on Saturday. And the reason why I did the live, Kelsey, was simply because I had put a message out there. I said, um, you know, 90% uh, 90 90 of millionaires become millionaires by purchasing real estate. Fact, 100% fact. So um, I put that out there and, uh, you know, my caption was, hey, I'm, I'm, I've said this before. Nobody seems to be listening. I'm going to say it again, but this will be my last time seeing it. So a bunch of people, interestingly enough, started responding on the, and commenting. And one of the comments was, I think that, and this was by, I'm not sure who it was, but one of the commenters stated, I think that the reason why people aren't investing in real estate is because when they ask questions to other people, people act like they don't know the answer or they don't want to help. Hmm. One of the things that I've never done, and I don't know if this is something because this is how I was raised, this is how my mom you know, taught us, but I've never allowed someone's answer or, or response of no to stop me. And I think business owners need to really get that mentality down. Don't, don't allow no, or I don't know, to stop you. That person doesn't know the answer. That's okay. Let me ask someone else. And if that person doesn't know, then let me use my gift of my fingers, my 10 fingers and Google it because I can assure you, no one, I don't know anybody in Atlanta. I was raised in Jefferson Parish. I was raised in Monroe. So me reaching out to Atlanta, now we have an office in Atlanta. Now we have credentialing that we're working on in Atlanta. We have an office phone number in Atlanta. We have a location in Atlanta now. We have opportunities and resources there. You know how we got there? We worked with the chamber. So start there. Start there. That's what it's there for. And, and you know, these organizations want us to ask these questions, but business owners have to take some type of responsibility and go out there and get the information. Heck no, it's not going to come to you. No, you got to go get it. So I think that's the excuse. I think that's often the excuse. Your mentality and the way that you approach business and the way that you approach your life, mm -hmm. I think has really helped to shape your business and, and, and everything that you've done since. I mean, you've grown tremendously since 2016. You're serving over 20,000 patients, many of them, like you said, in underserved areas of the community. You ranked number one uh, for speech and hearing specialists in Southern Louisiana, number one mm -hmm. for mobile screening services. Mm -hmm. You won a ton of awards, some of mm -hmm. them from JETCO. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. can, you, can you just talk about, you know, you've done all of these things over the years. You have this no nonsense, nothing's going to stop yes. me. Exactly. And now, and now, you know, your businesses have grown. You're opening Atlanta, which I definitely want to talk about a little bit more in just a minute. But 
what does all of this mean to you to see what you have been able to accomplish in, I mean, four years of business, and I know many mm -hmm. more years to get to that point, but I mean, it's a, it's a tremendous accomplishment. Thank you so much. To me, it just means that I have a long ways to go. That's what it means to me. Um, I'm, I'm, people tell me all the time, they're like, you're so humble. I think it was because of the way I was raised. <laughs> uh, you know, we, I was raised with a mom who was very strict. And if we bought, brought a B home, that was not good enough. <laughs> we had to make A. <laughs> so um, I think that no nonsense mentality definitely comes from her and the way she raised me. But um, I, I can't allow any of my achievements to really be a reason for me to and yeah yeah you celebrate small wins but i can't allow them to stop me because there's still a community out there of underserved children who are not receiving speech and hearing services there's still a parent out there who doesn't know where she's going to get food from um, for her child for that day there's still there are still schools who need resources there are still daycare centers where they, they don't have the resources because they don't have uh, funding coming in from the state. Uh, you know, there's so much out there that people still need. I just, I don't think I have a, I, I don't, I rarely get a chance to really celebrate, but I will say I'm grateful to God for where he has brought me from and where he is going to bring us. Um, and I, I really believe that the best is truly yet to come, but it, it's gonna come in. You know, the more we put our hands on things and really help people, I think our commitment to helping the community is really where I get that my happiness from. My, my glory comes from when I'm able to see a patient who walked into my office at one point and couldn't say a word, leave out and say, you know, bye, Dr. Joseph, I'll see you later. You know, that's where that's where that my glory comes from. So not so much awards, which I'm grateful for, mm -hmm. but uh, but just being able to see people change people's lives and see them be successful that is so so beautiful i you know i my family it's funny i i'm in marketing and public relations but my mom and my sister are both in the healthcare space my sister's an occupational therapist my mom was a speech pathologist and I, that to me when you can help somebody just makes mm -hmm. such an impact i i love that absolutely so I want to talk about Atlanta. You mentioned that you are opening an office there. Um, what does that look like? When is that happening? Has it already happened? <laughs> no, it hasn't already happened yet. It's actually something that we're just now really pushing and um, have officially shared uh, publicly. Um, so, it, but it's in pro progress right now. Right now, we're we've already gotten a um, place. Uh, so we have a location and it's more of an administrative location. Thankfully, we have these virtual offices that we can utilize. So I highly recommend business owners look into that as they're expanding. I think it's a better investment than purchasing a building right off the back and not even knowing if you're going to or signing a lease and not even knowing if you're going to be able to really be successful there. Um, and my lean business model mentality makes me always want to say, okay, well, let's find what's the leanest option that I can get uh, in order to make this successful and make this thing happen. Um, but we, we have spoken with the school-based health centers out there, and they're very, very interested in working with us. So we're excited. We just know that um, in the healthcare space, there are several different steps you have to go through, including credentialing, and then you've got to find employees. 
but again, lean business model is I want to make sure the demand is there and it's there. We've done our research. We spent a couple of weeks last year prior to COVID, of course, um, out there really talking to people, talking to schools, talking to uh, public officials and whatnot to make sure that the demand was there, talking with the chamber and it's there. So we're really excited to be moving forward, finally moving forward with this project with an estimated opening date of January 2021. That is awesome. So is the goal to continue to open more businesses yes. like yours across the country? Yes, my vision for my company was never just so that I can reap the benefits. It was so that we can develop this system, if you will, this health system, so that we can encourage other, um, other entrepreneurs in the, this space. So um, specifically speaking, I, I shared with you earlier in the interview that our um, providers in our space are, are very rare. I mean, I told you, you know, my graduating class was only nine of us out of 10, one girl dropped out. And then uh, the speech language pathology class was 25. And um, so there aren't that many speech professionals and particularly the majority of the speech professionals, speech and hearing professionals that come out of schools usually go work into, in hospitals, um, not in private practice. So one of our goals in continuing to expand high level speech and hearing center is to franchise high level speech and hearing center and to be able to provide an opportunity for other entrepreneurs in this space of communication sciences to have a system that's already built for them. Of course, they would have to purchase it, but it's already built for them and they can just utilize this system that works to be able to really become entrepreneurs and reap all of the rewards and benefits that come with being an entrepreneur. That is amazing. You are amazing. Um, I, I want to be really cognizant of your Thank time you. here. So I, I definitely want to have you back on to talk about Joseph Ford Enterprises and some of your philanthropic activities, which I know I are love so near and dear to your heart. <laughs> yes. um, is there anything you'd like to share that I didn't ask <laughs> before we, we head out today? No, I think, I think, that's, I think that's everything. Well, I just want to thank you so much for your time, for sharing your story. This has been such an illuminating and just so much fun um, conversation. I, I really enjoyed speaking with you. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. It's always wonderful to speak to my JETCO family. Oh, we love to hear that. Thank you. A special thanks to Dr. Lana Joseph Ford for taking time out of her busy schedule to be on the show. She is such a prolific business owner and does so much work for the community that we weren't able to fit all of it into one episode. We will share links to Ford Enterprises, Dr. J's other business, and her Healthy Habits website, which includes great blog posts, videos, and articles about living happier, healthier lives on our website. You can check out the podcast page on jedco.org for those links. As we move into a new season and a new phase of recovery, we continue to help businesses navigate through the COVID-19 pandemic with valuable resources and information on our website. We've also launched the Spend Local JP initiative to encourage residents to spend their dollars locally. We have a great site with many different ways to elevate our small local businesses, and you can find both web pages, both the COVID and the Spend Local JP campaign at jedco.org. If this is your first time tuning into the show, there are plenty more episodes where this one came from. Our episodes are released on Thursdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you stream your favorite podcasts. If you like our show, feel free to leave us a rating or a review. Those reviews help others find our show and listen in. 
We love five-star ratings. We love comments. Please consider leaving a comment, a review, a rating. All of that helps us out. We share links to all of our episodes on our social media platforms. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Jedco underscore news and on Facebook at Jefferson Parish Economic Development. Again, you can also visit our website at jedco.org. If you have feedback about the show, or if you'd like to recommend a guest, or if you'd like to be a guest, please email me at casegram at jedco.org. I absolutely love to hear from you. As always, thank you so much for listening. See you back here next week.